Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of the John G. Or Else podcast. I, of course, am John G. of JohnG'sBeat.com. More importantly, with me, as always, the man who puts the else in or else, Tommy Else. How are you, Tommy? I'm good, John. Thank you for, for, uh, for the introduction. And uh, why are you holding up a koala bear? Right I'm now? holding up a very special koala bear. <clears throat> this koala bear was given to me by the mother of Stacy McManus. And who is Cindy, that? Mama Cindy. Um, and she gave me this when the, band, when the Australian Eight, as they called it, were playing for the Chicago Bandits. And she came over. She's a native of New Jersey, but she lives in Australia. She came over to support um, Stacy, And we all became one big family. Bandit Nation embraced them, and they embraced us. And she gave me this koala bear. And the reason why it all ties in is because Stacy is our guest today on our interview. She is. It's very exciting. Uh, explain to me real quick, though, why, uh, like, how did, how did that exchange work as far as bringing out uh, the Australian softball teams or softball players i should say to the bandits well it started with eight they they i'm not sure how they picked the eight but they started with eight players from australia they came over as a uh, a training for the olympics they knew that they were going to be in the olympics theoretically it was going to be last year but it ended up right. being this year as we know and the eight of them came over they played one season with the bandits and then they ended up playing they ended up bringing the rest of their team over and having their own team the aussie peppers out of Mankato, and they had their own team for a couple of years and Where's competed. Mankato, Minnesota. Okay. They they as they started slow a little bit, but I'll tell you, they really picked it up, and they were as competitive as anybody in that league. By probably maybe a third into the season, they were really they were an exciting team. But more importantly, it was just a, a tremendous experience to to have them here. Um, I'm still I still communicate with them, obviously as I've gotten Stacy for this interview. When the, when the Aussies were playing on the Bandits or when they had their own teams, the amount of social media activity, the level of it was, was amazing. Mm -hmm. the, the people down there are, are tremendously supportive, not only of their own team, but of the league in general. It, it truly was, and I'm not just hyperbole because Stacy's coming on in two minutes, but it just was a tremendous experience. We got to uh, an international thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, without further ado, I mean, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and introduce our, our guest as you uh, are the one who uh, got her on today. So if you will, let's bring on our guest. For the John GRL's podcast, we are very happy, very excited to welcome into our studios from abroad, Stacey McManus, Olympian from Australia. How are you, Stacey? Good, thank you. How are you guys? Doing good. Good to see you again. We're good. Nice to meet you, Stacy. Haven't seen you in a couple of years since uh, you were playing uh, National Pro Fast Pitch. Yes, it's been a few years since I've been over in Chicago. So let me ask you about when you, when, when you came over to, there, there were eight of you from Team Australia, you came over to the Chicago Bandits. What was that experience like for you? It was a very different experience for us um, Aussies coming over there because we haven't really, we don't really have that kind of competition. Um, and for us over here, we have to work jobs and that to be able to play softball, but to head over there and have it as our full-time job and just have softball as our one priority, um, it was an eye-opener for us and probably one of the best experiences I've had. 
What did you think of the level of competition as compared to your team, your, your usual team, I should say, like Team Australia? Yeah, so I just feel that um, in America and in the pro leagues, um, the, the level of um, softball is just so much higher than, than what we do get over here in Australia. Um, so our highest, our highest level here would be nationals, and that's where you have the Australian team split up into five other states and we compete against each other. So um, it's, a bit, it's a bit different and it's not as high as what it would be over in America. Um, yeah, so that was one thing that was good about being in the pros is that we were facing like high quality competition every day. Now, from a fan's viewpoint, obviously I'm a Chicago Bandits fan. It was such a unique experience for us because it, it, we never dealt with, we never saw elite players from the, the other side of the world come over to our team. But it wasn't like you guys came over and you were outsiders. You guys came over and blended right in. Your mom was there. And she gave me a koala bear. Your, your fans over there were constantly on social media. There's back and forth. For us, it was such a cool experience just from that aspect. How was it for you from that type of angle? Yeah, it was awesome for us too. Like when we um, headed over there and we, like Tony did a great job um, getting us all settled in to where we're living and getting us in and getting to know the team. And I mean, the girls just welcomed us in um, so easily. Like it was just like our second family. And I've got, I'll have lifelong friendships that I have um, from that being in that team and, yeah, like it was just like a community. You guys got behind us and everyone back home got behind our whole team. So it was so great. You, still talk, you still talk to some of them? Yeah, yeah I talked to Brianna, um, Abby and M. Carasoni, which I caught up with at the Olympics. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, Emily nice. played for Team Italy. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And then once, uh, after one season with the Bandits, the Team Aussie ended up having their own team. How was, how was that experience? Yeah, it was a bit different um, heading over there as an Aussie team um, and going over to, to play against all the girls in the pro leagues. Um, like we struggled in the start because we weren't used to playing high quality softball back to back to back. So I think, but it, it was good that those of us who were there with the Bandits the year before were able to um, give insight to the players and the coaches, you know, like, what it feels like to to play back to back and what we need to do to make things better and and then in the end we were able to start um, winning some games so that was great. Yeah, you guys had a remarkable improvement. It's not that you were horrible in the beginning, but you guys got really hot and were extremely competitive by mid to end of the season. And it was it was really cool to watch the team. I don't know if I rise up to the level of competition or whatever, but you guys really turned it on. Yeah, I guess it was just getting that that high quality softball exposure a lot of the time like I said we only get together once a year to have our nationals and and even then it's not as high quality as what back-to-back um playing in the NPF was so yeah I mean you can only get better right once you start getting that exposure um mm. yeah, you just got it you you have no choice you got to keep getting up and battling every day so so can you take us to the Olympics what was your first thought when you first got out there, even before you played, when you first kind of landed and, wow, I'm at the Olympics. Let me let me even preempt that a little bit. What was it like when you first got the news you're going to the Olympics? Yeah, so um, it was pretty exciting and a bit surreal. Um, 
I mean, when you hear the words out of your coach's mouth saying like the selectors and I have decided that we want you to represent Australia at the Olympics, uh, that was pretty cool. And um, I guess at that stage, you kind of didn't really know what, what to do because we were because it was the selection base and all the other girls had to go through there go through to the coach find out their fate and then yeah so um it was pretty surreal so and then we got like our happy coats and we got a big plane ticket to say that you know we were going to the games and so it wasn't actually till like um four weeks later I think it was or three or four weeks later we headed into the village and then we were like okay, now we're here, you see, you drive down the street and you see like Team USA's building, Team GB's building, and then you see Team Australia's building in the big green and gold. So I think like that's where it hits you too. You know, you played on a, a baseball field out there as opposed to the a usual softball field. Did that make a big difference at all? Um, no, not for us really because I think, the past times we've been to Japan, uh, we've played on that type of setup and and we were in Japan from the 1st of June and that was our setup, playing this tiny softball diamond um, on a big baseball field with grandstand. And um, so, yeah, it was, it, we kind of get used to it. And I think we quite liked it because we don't have artificial turf back here in Australia. So it was good to play on artificial turf. And Why is that? What makes that better? I, why do I like turf? I fell in love with yeah. artificial turf when I played for the Chicago Bandits and their field <laughs> fully turf. So I loved it there. Um, I think the ball just, it's even bounces and mm. it just comes off like it plays a lot different than dirt. And I guess it's, yeah, I really, and I've got to play, you get to play in turf shoes, which are a lot more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You said that you've been to Japan a few times. You've been there multiple times. How many times yeah. have you been there? I uh, probably would say seven times. Wow. Yeah. We, cause we played Japan cup there and we've had a world champs there and yeah. So did playing in an empty stadium in, in the Olympics, did that affect the team spirit, the team, you know, morale, excitement at all? Um, no, not really. We're used to kind of playing in front of um, only a hundred or so, a couple hundred here in Australia when we have, some tournaments um our nationals we get a few more but we um generally yeah don't play in front of huge crowds so when we're, we went over there and our practice games were in front of no one so we kind of got the used to the sound of no one and um and at the olympics though it was it was quite eerie because although there was no one there in this massive stadium we had helicopters flying over us we had media in the stands and and taking photos and all that and I think it still felt like there was a lot of people there but not really anyone overpowering you with lots of cheering and yeah what would be the like the one one or two aside from actually playing the one or two greatest memories or takeaways you have from the Olympics um on my probably biggest memory in the Olympics would be um, sitting around with all the other Aussie athletes and watching other people compete in the games. And um, at that stage, it was a swimming and we were doing well. So the atmosphere was great. Um, and again, also going into our, um, the cafeteria where all 
we had all the food and um, had all our meals there. So that was pretty surreal walking into that. It was a double level and it was huge, like a shopping mall. So two floors, huh? <laughs> two floors of food. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to top. No, do they um, have, do they have, I know, I, I know like they're probably catering for the athletes and stuff, but like, do they have like, you know, cookies and cake and stuff if you want that stuff too? Yeah, yeah. Any, I think anything you want to really, you could get apart from McDonald's, which I was a bit upset about, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard at other games there was McDonald's in the athletes village, but Man. yeah, now this time there was, they had like bakery section and pizza from your pizza and pasta to your, to your sushi and dumplings. There was everything in between and, and obviously the, to- the salad. The salad. Did you try anything new? Um, I don't think I did try anything new. I I'm not a I'm not real huge on going outside of what I would usually eat type of person. So that that very no, I'm the same way. I'm 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 not very adventurous when it comes especially, to food. I I stick yeah. to what I know. So especially <laughs> during the Olympics, you don't know what you need to right. Perform, yeah. So. Yeah, you don't, something starts messing with your stomach, or who knows why. Yeah, it's better to yeah, that's not, not the time to start experimenting. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good point you have there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, 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 you're all, sorry to cut you off. Um, I, I just have a couple observations here. I see you're wearing a necklace. Is that the? It looks like an Olympic. Uh, is yeah. that the Olympic symbol there? Did you get that while you were out there? Yeah, my mom. Oh no, my mom. Which way? How do I? Um, yeah, my mom got me it done for me. So it's got the Olympic rings oh. in Australia, and it's got number four. Yeah, Just, sounds yeah. like your sounds like your mom's a very big supporter. She came all the way out to the U.S. and everything to see you play. Yes, probably the Olympics is the only tournament she hasn't seen me play. So. Oh. <laughs> Well, she's originally from New Jersey, right? Or she yeah. at least lived in, she's from New Jersey. Yeah, she was born in New Jersey. She came out to Australia when she was 16 years old. So and then I know I noticed on your shirt too. So you've got the kangaroo and is that an ostrich yeah. on the other side there too? It's an emu. Emu. Oh, it's an emu. Okay. All right. And those are, are, are those, I, I'm assuming those are um, Because fun fact, both of these animals don't go backwards. Really? Oh, yeah. there you go. There you go. Well, that's wow. good. Now we've learned something. I didn't, yeah. I didn't I have a huge emu fan, and I didn't. I didn't know that. What so do you mean you're you. a huge emu fan? Like, I, like, like I you love have posters emus. up or something in your apartment? I've got a stuffed emu back here. I do. I love emus. I think they're a very well, cool animal. That's a whole other story. Well, I don't that's what hear I've heard. It. So I, I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> well, we're going with it anyway. <laughs> no, I believe you. I believe you. I don't. I can't say that I've ever seen either one of them go backwards before. So I've never seen a kangaroo go backwards. That's for sure. I can't speak to emus. <laughs> but I'm not the expert that John apparently is on them. So. Apparently. No, you, you, with your mom being from New Jersey, is that how you came across being a fan of the New York Yankees or is there a story behind that? Yeah, I think that I didn't really have a choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like the whole family is a huge Yankees fan. And um, I mean, from New Jersey, they went to plenty of games, just caught the train up into into new york so have you been to jersey yes i was there in 2019 when i was playing for the aussie peppers 
mm-hmm. had a week break and I went home and we've still got family there. So I went and spent a week there. It was pretty cool. I didn't get to see a Yankees game. I went oh, to City Field. That was my next question. Yes. So yeah. I, I went to watch the Mets play because they were in town. The Yankees were up at Boston. So I wish I had more time to oh. go up there and that would have been, been a good game. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been a good game. Yeah. Listen, Derek Jeter might be one of your favorites. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but he's actually my husband. I don't think he knows either. Oh, oh well. <laughs> well, now it's out. Now we well, all know. If we if we cross paths, we'll remind him. All so right. Yeah. When, Just when let him know I'm still here. Yeah. When your uh, when your anniversary comes around, you know he'll remember. So you know. Hey, so before I forget, there, um, I wanted to ask you about meeting um, the tennis player, one of your favorites. Can you tell us that story? Uh, yeah. So I um, was in the the Olympic store down in the village and I seen her walk past and I was umming and ahhing whether I should go um, get my photo with her because a few of the other girls did when she was in the village um, a couple of days before. And I didn't know, like I knew she was going to be heading to our Team Australia building, but I didn't know she was going into a room or just going to be out there to hang. So I chased her about 500 metres up the road to get a photo with her and she was nice about it and um you know we had a bit of a chat asked how we were both going and um but actually later on I'd been up to my room and I came back down and there she was sitting out outside watching the Olympics and I was like oh didn't have to run after all yeah <laughs> hey it's better so that, to it's better to be sure you know right. <laughs> see that's a great story because for regular fans like me and you know Tommy we get pictures with athletes all the time. We try to get pictures with athletes all the time. So it's really cool to see an actual Olympian who wants a, a picture with another athlete. Yeah. What was it like as far as access? Like if you're in the Olympic village and everything, like who's allowed, who's allowed in there besides competitors and, and coaches and stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, like, is it, is it limit? Is it very limited to be in there? I would imagine. For me, I feel like it was very high security. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so when we would be, uh, we'd be on the buses and we'd put our bags on and then they would actually seal them shut with like a sticky tape. So then when we got to um, the ground, they would, we would go through another security check to make sure that no one along the way had um, opened guess, their stuff. Opened, yeah, opened anything. So, um, and then when we get back into the village, we would go through that security check and then hop off and we'd go, th- we'd have, um, the metal detectors and it would go through our bags through the um, x-ray machine and and then we'd have to with our um, accreditation yeah we would have to go in and they take a photo and what were the what were the like covid protocols and stuff were they like taking temperatures were they doing any of that stuff or yeah so we'd have to walk in and um, like get our temperature we'd have put our hands up to a a machine it would tell you what your temperature was um okay. we had an app that we had to fill out every day on whether we had oh. symptoms and all that we had to wear a mask if we weren't inside of our apartment mm-hmm. um so every time we walked outside we'd have to wear a mask and um in the um cafeteria there was all the like clear perspex up so you couldn't even like you couldn't even rarely hear the person sitting in front of you like right. you'd sit across from your teammate, but you couldn't really have a conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had to wear gloves while we were getting food and everything as well. So it was pretty. Tight. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Did what, you have um, roommate in your dorm? Yeah, I was going to ask you what the what's the living situation there? Like, you, you, so you said you get an apartment. Like, how many? Yeah, how many people are in there? What's that? What's all, that all like? Yeah, so we had I had six in my. We'd go into one room, and we there would be three other rooms, and we'd be um, paired up. We'd have a roommate in each one. Um, a few of the other rooms were different. If there was five, I think they had like one was a pair and then the other three had rooms to themselves. So it varied. Um, but yeah, I, I was roomed with, with someone. So did you know them ahead of time? Yes. Yeah, so from a teammate, Taylor Titsacronis okay. was my All right, right on. Our roommate. Yeah. A former bandit. A former bandit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's next for you, Stacey? Or- would you, would you consider playing in the 2028 Olympics? Yeah. So um, like here in Australia, we, we might lose a bit of funding. So it'll be a bit hard for us to, you know, stay competitive a little bit, but um, I'm going to do my best to keep hanging around. I want to be at the world champs next year over in Alabama. So I'm hoping with COVID fingers crossed, we can get over there and, and um, get another world cup in and then, I mean, it's seven years away, but I don't know. Like my plan is to just keep playing as long as I can right now, and and see where we go. If that if that takes me to LA, then you know I'd be more than happy to be there. So mm-hmm. sure, oh, that'd be great. Would yeah. you ever consider like coaching or anything like that? Yeah, I would love to coach. I would actually love to come to America and be involved in one of the college teams over there. Mm-hmm. Um, once I've finished, or you know if there's opportunities, I mean, you don't know what can happen, right? Like take yeah, one up sure. and it can lead further. So wherever, I suppose I've been to the Olympics now, that's where I wanted to go. So wherever my softball takes me now is where. But is this, where is, this is definitely what you want to be doing though. This is your life, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I love softball and I can't I, imagine not being involved in one way or another. So maybe in 2032, I could be coaching the Aussie team. We don't know. There you go. Sure. There you yeah, go. Yeah. You know, never know. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you consider playing for the Athletes Unlimited or what are your thoughts about that type of unique scoring system that they use? Yeah, I think it's a great concept that they've had. Um, and yeah, I mean, if I was asked to go over and play, I would, I would think I'd definitely take up the opportunity and, and have a go. Um, yeah, I love the concept and I wish we had that enough high level players in one city and be able to, you know, pay our players to, to play at that level. Uh, that mm-hmm. would be great. That's probably something that we want to have over here, but we just need, we just need some help. <laughs> John, you, you so re- you'd want to have that type of scoring system, like that type of league over there? Yeah, I just think it would be great and it would it would benefit the players to also think a bit more about the game rather than just getting out there and playing it and have mm-hmm. to think about who do I want on my team to benefit my team and get them to win and, and you know, doing stuff like that. It's very athlete-driven and although they do have the coaches or facilitators there, it is very athlete-driven and they get to choose who they want in their team and... and um, yeah, and the point system, you know, getting points for a K2 or getting points for a safe hit and then getting points for winning the innings. And then furthermore, your team gets points to for winning the game. I think it's it's a great concept. And it, it just um, – and I think it just levels it out a little bit more because 
because of the draft system, you, you can't have all four awesome pitchers in one team. It, it's got to go across the whole, all four teams. So, yeah, I, I think it's great. And it, it works really well over in America, I think. For those who, I, I totally agree. For those mm-hmm. who may not know the difference, can one of you explain what, uh, what the merit system in that is and how that works as, as opposed yeah. to just a regular softball league? The players get points for uh, essentially hits, runs, um, plays, defensive plays, and they also get points for team play. So if your team wins an inning, you get points. If your team wins a game, you get more points. If you get hits, if, you, if you're a pitcher and you get strikeouts, you get points. There's no – and then every week the teams are redrafted. The top mm-hmm. four players become captains. They draft their own teams. Uh, as Stacy said, there's really no manager or coach. They have a facilitator with the players. It's a players-driven league. It's all about the players. Okay. Players make money based on bonuses. And then there's also bonuses go to um, every player has a chosen charity that they part of their bonus money goes to that charity. There's no league champion. It ends up being one single champion. Last year it was uh, Team USA's Olympian Kat Osterman, who's coming back this year to defend her title and then she's retiring. And how long has that been going on? And last year was the first year. It, okay. it runs for five weeks. It's five weekends like 30 okay. games in the whole season. Wow. That's a pretty intense five yeah. weeks then, huh? Yeah, it's just it's going to start actually August 28th in Rosemont. Uh, this season two starts. So yeah. I think they're all heading now to start. Their they, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, due to COVID, they're not letting us, uh, the reporters, in there yet. But uh, we're, we're knocking. We're knocking on the door. This, well, Stacey, we really appreciate day on already. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, we really, really appreciate your time. It was a pleasure. It was a, it was a pleasure watching you play in in the in the United States the last few years. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I, I I love everybody out there. Your mom has been is such a sweet woman. It's it's such a wonderful experience getting to know you and the rest of the Australians. And thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. And congratulations on the Olympics. Yes, thank you very much for joining us. And again, congratulations to you. And uh, best of luck to you. We'll be watching you see where you end up, whether it's back on the field or in a coaching position. Uh, just don't uh, don't run backwards, you know. No. So. <laughs> oh, I know. Thank you so much for having me. And like, John, your support the past few years since I've joined the band, this has been great. So I'm sure everyone back here um, be loving the support that you guys have give us Aussie athletes and you know, make us feel like home when we come back over there too. Hey, you're one of us. So <laughs> we, we appreciate it. And we, we thank you for your kind words. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. You have a All good right. day, Stacy. All right, Stacy. Oh, take oh. care. Thanks again. Thank you again. Stacy McMahon is team Australian Olympic softball player. It was a pleasure having you on. And, and we learned a lot. We learned a lot about softball, a lot about Australia, and we learned about emus. Well, we learned we learned about your affinity for emus. What the what is this? What is I like emus. Why do you have a stuffed emu in your house? I have a stuffed why? emu. Why am I because at, why am I looking at this right now? Well, you're looking at it because I wanted to prove that I actually had it. Well, yeah, um, but that's not like something to hang your hat on necessarily. I mean, well, like what's, ex- the, what's the fascination? Like what? what I, where did you get it? Where did you get well, it? An ex-girlfriend of mine, one of the things <laughs> good that came out of that relationship, she knew of my my fascination with emus, and she got a stuffed emu for me. 
Well, why do you have, what's the fascination? What, what draws you to emus? Do you want the long version or the short version? I want, I think the, short, just... I want the shortest version possible. Okay. Well, there's really, like there's, there's really two parts and I, it is shorts. Originally, I came across the emu on the Hudson Brothers variety show. Hudson Brothers, one of them uh, is the father of Kate Hudson. They had a variety show in the 70s when I was a kid. Yes, I'm a lot older than you. And they had Rod Hull had his pet emu. And I was fascinated by it because I never heard of an emu before. The emu, of course, was a stuffed animal. He was a ventriloquist and all that. Very famous if you look him up. Rod Hull, H-U-L-L. Anyway, I was fascinated with the emus then. And it kind of grew into a thing, kind of a joke, but not really a joke, where I just love emus. And um, I might have mentioned that a few times to a few people, including my ex-girlfriend. And she very, very nicely got me a stuffed emu. It's very, it's friendly with the koala bear that Cindy Stacy's mom got me. They, they, they talk about the country they're, down under they're friendly with one another yeah this is this is what's going on in your home these are the the, the characters and they're, they're, they're conversing with one another maybe okay all right well uh well it was a it was a pleasure to have stacy on the show uh she was a really good sport uh we uh we did have a little bit of technical difficulty when we were initially shooting the um the interview but she was really great and uh gracious with her time and we appreciate that um she's really got her head on straight it seems like and she you know it was very cool to get to talk to her and hear a lot of uh, you know the inside experience of being part of the olympics and what goes into it where you stay what you eat what you do and like you said even they you know have their heroes that they like to you know, get to meet and everything. Uh, you know, it's very much, you know, on the, like, you know, we've experienced in the independent wrestling scene where, sure. you know, you know, just because you're a participant doesn't mean that you don't uh, uh, have favorites that you would love to meet and get to. No, but it's cool to hear. Stuff. It's, yeah, it's you, the you saw the genuine enthusiasm. Yeah. The stories, are the, always, story. the stories are always good. The stories are always good because it's, it's like you said, it's genuine and it's real. So, um, you know, one of the weird, the oddly, one of the, the coolest memories I have with, with Stacy was not when she was playing for the bandits, but when she was playing for her own team and they came back it was like seeing a, a, a long lost cousin or something. It was only during the off season that I hadn't seen her, but it, she came back and it was kind of, well, not just for me, but for all the bandits fans, it was like, like one of our own was coming back and, and visiting sure. us. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you No, I, I, I understand that entirely. You know, you, you, you know, people you've worked with before in the past, you see them succeed and you celebrate their successes. You know, it's, you're, you're happy to see that they're doing what they want to do, that they're, that they're being successful in it and enjoying the time and, and enjoying the ride. So absolutely. I, I totally understand that. That's very, that is very cool. So. And I couldn't be happier about seeing all of them in the Olympics team USA. And I, as she mentioned, Emily Carasoni from uh, team Italy. And, and there's a few other, former bandits or former national pro fast pitch players that, that I knew from the Olympics. So for me, it was such a personal, wonderful experience. And, and I'm, um, I, I have to thank you as well 
it was fantastic for me to be able to interview Stacy again. Well, I appreciate your thanks. I think it's uh, well deserved, and uh, I, uh, you know, I try to afford this guy whatever opportunities I can, uh, whether he, uh, you know, earns them or not. So, uh, with that, John, why don't you take us on out? Uh, let me let me real quick though before you do ask you an important question. Where, oh God, where can people find you, John Robleski of JohnGsBeat.com on social media? Well, the most important place, the most significant place would be the John GRL's podcast Facebook page or the John GRL's podcast in itself. You find me there, you found really the best material. If you're looking for other stuff, you can find me on social media at John G's Beat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also go to johngsbeat.com and go to globaltravelerusa.com. You can go to globalwomansportsradio.com. But really, focus on the John G or else podcast. And where can people... well, I, okay, yeah, I, I I agree with that, and and I I know where you're going with the next question. Where where can people find me? Of course, of you know, course, uh, it's it's hardly a question. It's even worth asking, really, because people are already following me everywhere. But uh, how do your headphones fit on that big head? You know, I just but with you, it's it's you know, I I think you got to like narrow it down. You know, you 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 throw out all these things out there. <laughs> That you're supposedly a part of and you know some supposedly well you know some things you're a little more heavily involved with than others you know it's some things yes you're you're a big you know johnjsbeat.com of course you know you're the you're the head guy of that thing and stuff global global women's sports yeah you know i guess okay fine give you that too you know and then, you know some of it kind of trickles down a little bit from there wait but, wait wait you know, do you want you know, do you want a little do you want a little statistic from global traveler blogs not this really a, no but, but i'm gonna give it to you anyway if you want to go ahead and give it to me anyway <laughs> i'm gonna give it to you anyway last you, last year uh although i i wrote one blog a week so that's one seventh that's a fraction for you if you could get that into your head it's one seventh but my views accounted for two-thirds of all the global traveler blog views so to say I had a minor or triple down. Well, let me ask you this. How many mm-hmm. other con- con- uh, contributors to it are there besides you? Well, I said I write once a week. So there's six other contributors. Six plus one would be seven. It's a daily blog. Well, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Well, of I course, mean, so... you don't go on there to support me like a no. true partner would. Well, look, I, like I've said before, I, you know, how, many, how much time do I have to deal with you in a week? You know, I mean, like this is already an hour, (laughs) right? Right. As it is. And then, you know, throw on top of that, you know, you know, the occasional phone call or who knows what else that I have to deal with, you know, point taken. uh, I understand, uh, you know, so, but all right. As far as where people can find me, I mean, again, I don't think it's a big mystery. And I think most people are already on top of this. Uh, as I uh, am, am trending worldwide on a, on a weekly basis at some point or another. But if you're uh, new to this and uh, new to the internet, more or less, and are just looking for 
um, a way to connect with me, you can find me at Tommy underscore else on both Twitter and Instagram. And of course, at the John G or else podcast Facebook page where you will find also uh, uh, various multimedia uh, extensions of this show that I carry here. So, uh, John, with that, um, I think we had a good interview. We had a good show. It was uh, excellent getting to meet and talk to Stacy. And if you would, please take us out. For the John Gerald's podcast, stretching all the way to Australia, especially on this episode, I am, as always, John G of JohnG'sBeat.com and steering the ship, saying goodbye, Tommy Ellis. <laughs>